Hello and welcome to another instalment of Bundesliga Insights. Not long now until other major European soccer leagues return, but for the time being our focus is on Germany and the fixtures for game week 21. Here to analyse the matchups and help find any potential value that might be on offer is InfoGoal's Jake Osgathorpe. You right, Jake? Very well, thank you, Ben. Yeah, uh, looking forward to another game week of Bundesliga football. Like you said, we've got the other major leagues restarting very shortly. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to get stuck into. Yeah, there's so many fixtures going on. I think we've we've struggled to find time to record, but over the last couple of weeks they've been and gone, and now we're we're looking forward to this one and and these upcoming fixtures. We can we can maybe help our listeners find some value. So, you ready to go? Yeah, yes. Let's get stuck in. Cool. So our first game is Hoffenheim versus RB Leipzig, and I said before that Leipzig were one of the teams that probably didn't want this break to come, as they were on a bit of a roll in the league and the Champions League before everything shut down. They've struggled a bit since coming back, three draws and two wins from their five games. And it might only be five games, but it's kind of summed up their issues with with trying to chase Bayern Munich down, just not converting enough draws into wins. Hoffenheim, meanwhile, they've they've had a bit of a mixed bag since the league returned to action. Two wins, two draws and a loss. Been a little bit unfortunate this season and perhaps now that, well, they've been a bit fortunate, sorry, and and that luck might now be catching up with them a bit as, as they begin to drop down the table. No surprise to see Leipzig fancied here. The market's happy to take the away side despite the short price of 1.456, which is nearly 65% chance. And there's also plenty of action on the goals market with the over 3.5 a popular choice. Is it is it the same kind of stuff from InfoGoal uh, or is there is there value hidden away in other markets? No, you've pretty much covered it spot on there. We, we make Leipzig obviously strong favourites to get the win. We've got them at 60%, so not too much value really in, in backing the visitors, but it's a really intriguing game, this, because I don't know if you saw, but earlier today, um, we're recording this on a Tuesday, Hoffenheim actually sacked their manager. So they, they're coming into this on the back of, um, well, basically an un- unbeaten four-match run, um, but yet the manager's just been sacked. And I think that probably is a reflection on their underlying performances rather than the actual performances. And obviously the hierarchy there is suggesting that perhaps results, like you said, will... Um, continue to regress to the mean, which would see them drop down the table even more. Maybe they're looking to make a stand now and try and turn things around with four games to go. They are just two points behind sixth place Wolfsburg. So um, a very intriguing decision, especially at this time. But what we've seen from them recently, um, you know, it's actually been pretty good. The performances of late, since the break anyway, have been fairly impressive. Um, Since the break, they've ranked as the seventh best team according to expected goals. Like I said, they picked up two wins and two draws in the last four matches. Um, and one of the trends that we have seen from them is uh, is plenty of goals, especially over the course of the season, ranking as one of the worst defensive teams in the league, which obviously will um, you know fill Leipzig with plenty of hope going there. They've allowed 58.7 expected goals against this season, um, which is the third most in the Bundesliga. So defensively, they are all over the place. Like I said, they've just changed the manager now. So whether that will... Have an instant impact remains to be seen. But, you know, RB Leipzig, like you said, they are the draw specialists at the moment. Um, interestingly, though, all three of the draws since the break have come at home. And both away matches have been comprehensive victories, really. Um, averaging, well, they've created 4.7 expected goals against Mainz alone. Uh, and then nearly three expected goals against FC Köln away from home. So they, they really are a, a very strong force uh, away from home. And that's reflected in their the season-long XG numbers, really. Their away process is much better than their home process. They're allowing just one expected goal away from home. 
um, creating 2.6. So they are they really thrive on their travels, and I think that is partly just due, due to the fact that they are a predominantly counter-attacking team, and they um, you know they the pace of, of, of Timo Berners, and the incisive passing of, of Nkunku and Danny Olmo, that they really are suited to playing on the counter-attack, and I think Hoffenheim will give them the perfect opportunity to do that in this game. Um, like I said, there isn't too much value in the 1x2 market, um, and instead we'll look to goals. You said the goal line is high. Uh, we agree it should be high. We, we've got a 55% chance of over 3.5 goals. The market's at around 48 49%. So there's good value in, in backing over three and a half goals. And if Leipzig's last two away matches are anything to go by, that's going to be a good bet. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one with the Hoffenheim manager because normally it's the it's the other way around, isn't it? Teams are often struggling for results, but um, the, the underlying performance is okay and the manager gets sacked. And now it's it's almost the other way. They're, they're getting decent results or okay results with a, a poor underlying performance and maybe some insights into the, the focus on data at Hoffenheim. You never know. Yeah, it could well be, yeah. Now it's Cologne versus Union Berlin, and we've got we've got two teams here that with four games to go, they they could find themselves in some relegation trouble come the end of the season. Union Berlin, who are four points ahead of Fortuna Dusseldorf in the relegation playoff spot, are are in a little bit more trouble than Cologne, who are seven points clear. But a win here for the away side, and you'd probably say that both of them are actually safe from any kind of relegation threat. Pinnacle has Cologne as the favourites at two point zero four, which is around forty eight percent chance. The draw is 3.49 or 27% and Union Berlin are given a 25% chance to win at 3.91. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, there's actually quite a bit of value to be had in different markets in this game. Um, first off, in the 1x2 market, we think that FC Cologne should be a little bit shorter than what they are. We've got them at 52% chance, so we make them odds on to, to get the win here. Um, and you know that is despite the fact that they haven't won the last six Bundesliga matches, um, stretching back to before the break. Since the break, they've picked up three points from um, from five games. But the two defeats have come away at Hoffenheim, who we've just said have, have picked up in recent weeks, um, and at home to RB Leipzig. And the other games have been extremely impressive, especially in attack at home. So I expect something similar here. Against Mainz in the first game back, they created 2.7 expected goals for. The same against uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf. Um, and then they did create a 1.1 against RB Leipzig, which is just above the average that Leipzig have allowed on the road this season. So in terms of attacking teams, um, FC Cologne are right up there in, in the Bundesliga in terms of being one of the best in the league right now. Um, in fact, their, their transformation really has been um, sensational this season. I wrote the preview for their game against FC Augsburg last week um, and looked at their role in average and they were performing like a relegation threatened team up until around Christmas time. Um, and then whatever happened, the transformation was sensational. They're now performing like a, a team that we expect to finish in the top six in terms of underlying process. Um, and that is all down to, I think, just being much more attacking and much more adventurous. And um, that seems to be suiting them, especially, like I've said, at home, their process is, is one of the better t- uh, in the league. 1.7 expected goals for, 1.5 against. Um, and they play a Union Berlin side who... Um, he, were really impressive, I've got to say, against FC Schalke. And the one-one draw is um, is not the result they were looking for, but it was a much better performance. Previous to that, they've been extremely poor uh, since the break. But against FC Schalke, they um, absolutely dominated David Wagner's side. Two point six expected goals for to zero point one five. So it was almost a perfect performance. All they had to do was just create, uh, just convert a few more of their chances. Um, but since the break, they have been one of the worst teams in the Bundesliga, averaging um, 
just 1.03 expected goals for per game. So they have had real struggles in attack prior to that Schalke game. And we all know how what dire straits Schalke are in at the moment. So they are one of the worst teams coming back to, from the break. So but this is one of the reasons why we really like FC Con. Also, with Union Berlin, uh, away from home this season, their process has been um, pretty poor, averaging 1.91 expected goals against and just 1.2 expected goals for. So they aren't very good travellers. FC Connor are a very hot, strong home team. Um, like I said, there's already there's value in backing them there in, in the one X two market. Um, and as we've seen in in FC Con's home games so far this season, or so far since the break, should I say, plenty of goals are usually the norm. So they've had a two two, uh, another two two, and a four two um, at home this season since the break. I keep getting that mixed up. Um, so we again goals are expected here over two and a half. We're given a sixty percent chance. Um, of that happening, the market's around 54%. So there's good value in backing over two and a half goals and a decent bit of value in backing a home win. All right, so we'll move on to Fortuna Dusseldorf versus Borussia Dortmund. And I mentioned how Dusseldorf are currently occupying one of the, the, the relegation playoff spot in there. They are quickly running out of runway, though. There's four games left and only two or three teams that are within reaching distance for them. They have done all right since returning to action. have only actually lost once, and that was to league leaders by Munich. Could have been even better as they played against 10 men for a good 80 minutes last weekend. And despite having the better of the game, according to XG, they had to settle for a 2-2 draw. Borussia Dortmund, meanwhile, they haven't really been at their best this season, but they have managed to keep pace with Bayern Munich for the most part. That was up until a couple of games ago where they lost 1-0. Bayern obviously looked nailed on for the title now, but, but Dortmund will still want to finish strong and secure that second spot. They're pushing 70% chance of win here at odds of 3.77. Dusseldorf, meanwhile, are at 8.11, which is just 12% chance of victory. And the draw is available at 5.38 or 18%. I think it's it's quite interesting to look at the goals market here because it's, it's not as high as people might think at 3 and 3.5. And bettors are actually pushing that number down by taking the under. So what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I think the betters are correct um, in, in pushing the goal line down. I think that what we've seen from Dortmund recently has been um, efficient, to say the least. They've not been spectacular. They've not been like Bayern Munich winning comfortably and comprehensively every week. They've been eking out results um, and sometimes being flattered by the performances. But I just want to touch on Fortuna because they had a really bad weekend last week. Like you said, they played against Hoffenheim, um, who had 10 men for 80 minutes could only manage a 2-2 draw. And the team directly above them, um, Mainz, actually went to Frankfurt and got a, a, a comprehensive 2-0 win of their own. So their gap is now three points, four games to play. Um, it really is, you know, it is crunch time for Fortuna. Uh, I'm pretty sure they won't have this game down as one that they, you know, need to win or are expecting to win, should I say. <clears throat> but it's a game that they probably especially at home, they, they really could do with something. Um, just looking at the rest of their fixtures, they actually play RB Leipzig away from home in the next game, followed by a home game against Augsburg, and then away at Union Berlin, which could be a crucial game given the fact that Union are just four points above them. So um, it really is um, make or break for, for Fortuna right now, uh, especially given the fact that they're playing uh, second and third in the Bundesliga table in the next two matches. So they'll be looking to get something from this game somehow. But what we have seen from them since the break um, hasn't been all that impressive. Their underlying performance um, in the in the five games since the resumption has, has been 1.3 expected goals for, 1.75 against. So um, a negative process, the 13th uh, best in the league. 
slightly better than what their league position would suggest. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the main issue I have with Fortuna is the is the chance creation at 1.31. I know that they created 2.6 against Hoffenheim, but we already discussed Hoffenheim and how poor they've been defensively all season long. Um, prior to that, they've created very little um, and were fortunate to get a, a point at FC Colm when they created 0.31 expected goals for. Uh, 1.62 against FC Schalke at home. Again, we, we spoke about how poor Schalke have been. Um, and they create, they managed to create just 0.96 expected goals for at home to bottom side uh, Paderborn, who are one of the worst teams, uh, the worst team in the Bundesliga. So there's plenty of improvements to be made in such a short space of time. So it looks like they're running out of time. I think that they'll that the way that they will set up will be to try and play on the counter-attack and try and hit Dortmund um, while Dortmund are attacking. I don't think that will work very well because Dortmund in their new shape and new system at the three at the back are very well uh, suited to playing against that type of, um, of football. But they'll, they'll, you know, I think they'll make it difficult. And like I said, the main reason what I'm looking at the unders anyway is is because of Dortmund's performances recently. Good win against Hertha Berlin, who were one of the form teams in the Bundesliga. Um, but 1-0 was a fair reflection of, of the chances created in the match. So again, what we're seeing is, is Dortmund really struggling to create Prior to the, uh, well, if, if you include the Paderborn game, for example, at half-time they created just 0.8 expected goals for against the basically the Bundesliga whipping boys um, and then came out and obviously a tired Paderborn team were, were comfortably beaten. But prior to that, they had struggled to create and they're not racking up as many uh, big chances as you would expect. So since the restart, they've averaged just 1.7 expected goals for um, per game. But defensively is where they've really excelled. Um, they've averaged 0.6 expected goals against per game since the restart, which is actually the best um, in the Bundesliga. Again, that shift to the three at the back seems to have done them um, the world of good in terms of making them much more solid and hard to beat. It looks as though the title's going to be just beyond them. Uh, seven points from uh, from Bayern, but they've now got a nice cushion between themselves and the chasing pack who are also after the, um, you know, the Champions League spot. So it should be a comfortable end to the season, but a disappointing one. But at the same time, they are, like I said, very efficient. And I would imagine that they'll go to Fortuna, win the game maybe 1-0 or 2-0 um, and, and get out there with the three points. So like you said at the start, the goal line is on its way down. We agree. We think it should be. We, we've got a 61% chance of over 2.5 compared to 67 on the market, which obviously means 39% of unders. It's a long shot bet, obviously, um, as the price suggests. But I think there's, there is decent value in getting on side with the unders in this one. Um, as well as both teams to score, no. Just spoke about Fortuna's attacking struggles, Dortmund's strong defensive displays of late. Um, I would not be surprised to see Dortmund win this one to nil. So backing against both teams to score is also a value play. Yeah, as you said there, Dortmund sort of shining in the, the defensive side of the, the pitch, but also attacking-wise, like you said, efficient. But but one thing that's that's jumped out to me, and just a, a quick word on I'd I'd like to see what you think is, obviously Erling Haaland like massive publicity before with that ridiculous goal scoring record he really hit the ground running at Dortmund and then even the first game back after the break didn't take him long to to get on the score sheet but we're now four games in I think it is without without a goal for him is there any decline that we can see is is are his performances still as good as they were or is it just a case of regression what is what's going on there um well I think he deserves a little bit of slack because he has been injured for the last couple of games um but especially against Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg, we saw 
Um, well, to be fair, he's, he's playing in a Dortmund team, as I've said, he's not really creating too many big chances. And um, in that first game back against Schalke, that was exactly the case. It was 1.3 expected goals for that they created. Haaland had pretty much one chance and scored one goal against Wolfsburg. He had an air kick that ended up leading to a goal, but other than that, didn't really have any chances created for him. And it was the same against Bayern Munich. So um, in, the, in the three games that he has played since the restart, he's been starved of, uh, of service, really. And um, that's obviously going to have an impact on his goal-scoring abilities. But like, you did, like you've said, he is, um, in terms of XG, he's massively overperforming, even from uh, the short amount of time he's been in the league. He scored 10 times from chances equating to 5.5 expected goals. So... Extremely clinical so, um, in the short space of time he's, he's been in the Bundesliga. Um, whether that is sustainable or not remains to be seen. I would imagine not. I would imagine that over probably running into the next season he'll he'll regress slightly. But um, first and foremost, he needs the chances creating for him at a decent rate. Right, we'll move on to Hertha Berlin versus Eintracht Frankfurt. And for this one, I think sometimes it's the games that you expect the least that, that provide the most. And that could really be the case here because neither of these two sides are playing for much, apart from perhaps the the slimmest of chances of Europa League qualification for Hertha. But but that's about it. But the reason this one might draw attention from betters, though, is that these are two fairly entertaining sides. Eintracht Frankfurt specifically have, have performed better than their position suggests. They're averaging 1.7 xG per game, 4 and 1.6 xG against combined with Hertha Berlin's 1.4 XG4 and 1.6 XG against it. It seems like we could have the makings of a good game here. The home side do have the edge, according to the market, at 2.08, which is 47%. Frankfurt are priced at 3.42, which is 28%. Frankfurt, they they seem like quite a high price, and that's that's probably because of some, some poor results since the season restarted. But the goals market is also set relatively low at three with the undertaking the bulk of the action like the game before. So an interesting matchup here. Has the has the info goal model managed to find any value? Uh, yeah, we have found some value. And like you said, it's a really interesting matchup. I think one of the things to point out from the start is that um, heading into this game, you've got Frankfurt who have obviously played. They played last week at midweek against Werder Bremen in the league. They played on the Saturday against Mainz. And they've also got a, a Bundesliga Sorry, not Bundesliga. A Deutsche Pokal semi-final against Bayern Munich in uh, on Wednesday. So their schedule has been extremely hectic, which I think is why the sh- the price is so short on Hertha Berlin because the Infogol model has them around forty percent chance of getting the win compared to forty-seven. I think it is just because of the the crazy schedule that Frankfurt um, are playing. Like you said, they're pretty much safe um, in mid-table. They're going to be throwing all 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 they have at the. German Cup, so I think that's factored into the price here. Um, and as we saw last weekend against Mainz, following that midweek um, win over Werder Bremen, they were extremely poor against Mainz. They allowed three point three expected goals against um, in that game, which is you know it's a staggering uh, sort of turnout for, from Frankfurt, especially given the fact that they've just been to Wolfsburg, who are currently sixth in the league um, and got a win. So I think that's factored into the price. I think that. Um, there's going to be some rotation here from Frankfurt. I think Hertha Berlin should be able to take advantage. But as I've said, the Infogon model, looking at it from a, a raw XG perspective, doesn't see too much value in backing the hosts. What I would say, though, is um, is since the, the restart and obviously they appointed a new manager in um, during lockdown, the Hertha Berlin, Bruno Labadia, um, they've been one of the best teams in the Bundesliga, um, according to expected goals. Obviously, the 
performance against Dortmund was a pretty tame one, creating just 0.12 expected goals for, but we have just spoken about um, Dortmund's really strong defensive process since the restart. Um, but what we've seen from Hertha Berlin in the other games, especially at home, um, has been pretty impressive, really. They've created 2.4 expected goals for in both of their home games um, and in total have averaged uh, 1.64 expected goals for per game, including that 0.12. So what we have seen from them has been really strong. Um, Labadia seems to be getting them playing much more on the front foot. Uh, they're playing with a, a really solid base in midfield. Liverpool loanee Marco Gruic is having a, a really impressive um, season since the restart and then going forward they have really exciting attacking players uh, Luka Bakio, uh, Matthias Cunha uh, the old man Ibezovic um, they're creating plenty of good chances uh, and they're causing defences all sorts of issues so um, you know I really like the, what I've seen from Hertha since the restart um, like I've just said they're a little bit too short for me at, um, at the prices but I can understand given what Frankfurt um, have had to put up with in terms of schedule why they are so short um, Frankfurt really are a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. They're really impressive in midweek, like I've said, against Werder Bremen. They were backed heavily before the off against uh, Mainz at the weekend. I think they were around 2.2 and then they went off at around 1.95. So um, there was a lot of money for them, especially because the uh, the team lineup that he put out was pretty much the same as what he played in midweek. So there wasn't too much rotation. But they got absolutely hammered. They created next to nothing, 0.4 expected goals. Allowed, like I said before, 3.3. So it was a really, really poor performance from um, from a Frankfurt team that just won two on the bounce. So they, yeah, they have they have struggled, especially on the road this season. They've allowed um, 1.54 expected goals against 1.4 expected uh, expected goals for is what they've created away from home. But if you just look at the raw table in terms of um, away results, they've picked up just 13 points from 15 games away from home. Um, They've been a little bit unfortunate in that time. Obviously, their expected goal numbers a little bit um, non-reflective of what uh, what their actual goal numbers are. Scored just 18, allowed 31 compared to the 21 expected goals for and 24.6 against. Um, but away from home, like I said, they, they've got a, a negative process and um, obviously since the restart, you can't really read too much into it because they have played away at Bayern Munich and at Wolfsburg um, before that Werder Bremen trip. But in both of those games, they conceded over 2.4 expected goals. So defensively, they are a very vulnerable team. I expect Hertha Berlin to create plenty of opportunities in this one, um, like they have been doing at home. So, yeah, we're looking at goals as the angle. There's value in backing over 2.5 at a short price. So we've got a 64% chance um, of over 2.5. Market's around 59. Uh, if you want to go a little bit higher, like you've said, the goal line's actually coming down. If We've got it a little bit higher at... Um, I think we've got forty-two percent chance of over three point five. The market's at thirty-six, so there's value in there um, at a big price on the over three point five. But I think over two and a half is a is a much safer bet, even though it is a short price. Yeah, obviously you've got the ability to to change and set the goal line to where you want, and potentially if you you drop down, you might might be a little bit safer or play it safer with some some lower odds that might be more likely to come in. Right, so now we've got Paderborn versus Werder Bremen and it just hasn't really happened for Paderborn this season. They've, they've given it a good go, but they're, they're rock bottom and, and let's be honest, they're probably still going to be in that position come the end of the season. They have drawn four out of their five games since the return to action, but I think when you're languishing at the bottom of the table and, and to stand a chance of climbing up, you really need to be getting wins and not draws. Werder Bremen haven't really fared much better. They're just one position higher and you might expect it from a newly promoted side like Paderborn, but 
it's easy to forget that Werder Bremen actually finished eighth last season and, and that was kind of the norm for them, bouncing around between like 11th, 13th and 8th. Um, a real decline for them and, and really the attacking process seems to be the root cause. They're averaging just 1.1 XG per game. Pinnacle has this one pretty close. Werder Bremen are, are the better team but and just shade it according to the odds. Priced at 2.29 means they have around a 44% chance to win. Paderborn a 3.04, which is a 31% chance. And the draw is available at 3.74, which is 25%. Do you think Werder Bremen can get the win here and, and maintain maybe some faint survival hopes, do you think? Or or could we see a rare Paderborn win? Um, probably, uh, well, we think the latter, according to the XG numbers. Um, what I would say is that this is really make or break for Paderborn. This could be the weekend that they get relegated if they... Um, I think if they if they lose this game, they go down. Um, depending on Mainz's result, if a draw would not be good enough either. So, and obviously a win as well. So it's all dependent on what Mainz do. But if Paderborn failed to win, you have to imagine that the, it's curtains for them this season. Um, but like you've said, the four four draws since the restart, including you know a really impressive and deserved draw at RB Leipzig. Although Upper Makano got sent off for Leipzig in the first half, but nonetheless a very good point. Um, for Paderborn, they're not enough though. Those points, um, especially as the season is rolling to an end. Um, but what we've seen has been that the performances—they've they've almost come back to uh, basics, really, and, and played a much more defence-first um, style of football since the restart. So fewer chances have been created, which is one of the things that Paderborn were doing on a regular basis, um, and fewer chances have been allowed. So. It seems as though they've been reined in a little bit by the coach, um, creating less, conceding less. Uh, that's obviously led to accumulating more points, but um, they could they needed to accumulate much more than what they have so far. Uh, Werder Bremen are a really interesting case. Um, I know that they were much fancied to get a home win against Frankfurt last week, um, just purely because they'd won two of the last three matches and kept three clean sheets, but a closer look at those games and those results would tell you that the two wins were very fortunate. Um, they were basically smash and grab wins. They scored a goal early on and defended. They did nothing else. Um, created very, very few chances so far since the uh, since the restart. In fact, they haven't created more than one expected goal in any of the six matches they've played in the um, in the well, since the resumption of the Bundesliga. So. Attacking process is, is next to nothing really, and since, like I said, since the restart, 0.6 expected goals for per game is the worst in the Bundesliga. Um, even worse than FC Schalke, who have obviously picked up much much fewer points than, than Werder. Um, but that's the main reason that they're in the relegation zone at the moment. Um, it's purely based on their attacking process. It is non-existent. He's trying all sorts of different formulas, Florian Kofeld, in terms of players, um, tactics, formations, and it's just not working. Um, I think he played a three at the back at the weekend against Wolfsburg and uh, and were comfortably beaten, and deservedly so, 1-0. Uh, it, it, it's bleak times for both of these teams, really, um, and it, it is last chance saloon for both, you would have to imagine. Werder, this is a massive, massive opportunity for them to... Um, to make some ground upon Fortuna, at the very least, uh, uh, into the relegation playoff place um, and they, they have a, a, another crucial game coming up soon against um, Mainz as well away from home which could have also define their season given that Mainz are just hovering above the drop zone but first and foremost they have to win this game this is a massive game for them 
bottom uh, Paderborn are at the bottom. They're rightly bottom of the table. They've been the worst team in the Bundesliga this season. Werder Bremen second worst. So yeah, it's not. I'm not expecting an entertaining game here at all. I think the goal line's extremely high, given the um, attacking talent on offer is next to nothing from both teams. Um, so the first play that I'm going to recommend is is backing against goals. So I think the market has around 58% chance of over 2.5. Um, we're at 47%. So we actually make odds on that, uh, that the goals go under 2.5. Um, so the, the 2.2 that you're getting on there, under 2.5 goals is an extremely good value. Uh, it's the same with the both teams to score as well. Um, market's at 62%, which is extremely short, around 1.5. Um, we're at 51%. So again, backing against both teams to score. Um, between two teams that that will be very cagey, can't afford to lose, um, and two teams that can't create. In terms of the one x two, I know you've said that Werder Bremen are are favourites. I'm hugely surprised about that. Just purely, I think that's purely based on the fact that they need the win more than Paderborn. Paderborn are going to be relegated. They know that, um, but I, I still haven't seen enough from Werder Bremen for me to think that they should be priced at a forty three percent chance of winning away from home. So. Um, you know, we've got we make Paderborn equal favourites, so forty four percent, pretty pretty much what the market has, but the opposite way around. Um, so yeah, Pad, a Paderborn win would not surprise me at all. They've tightened up defensively, which, like I've said, contributes to the unders bet. Um, and there isn't too much between the two sides really. Um, in terms of XG process, they're pretty much identical. There's not much at all between them. For anything really, it's it really is what you could call a dead heat between two sides. So perhaps a nil nil is is in the picture here, um, but a narrow home win is is what we're suggesting using our uh, our model. I, yeah, just not a big fan of either of these teams, especially Werder Bremen. You you mentioned their last chance saloon and and Paderborn pretty much confirmed as as relegated but one of the things he said about them this season and, and before the break was that they just they kind of played their way they didn't take no notice of of the opposition or anything like that is there anything you've seen I mean the the suggestion from four draws might be that they've they've played it a little bit safer or they've changed things up is there anything to to read into the games that we've seen since the return that that might suggest they've they've changed the way they approach the game um, they've just just been much more defensive minded. I think um, I remember watching them before Christmas away at Dortmund in a three three draw, and they were just so like they were three 0 up at half time. I think, and they and they they came out the second half and played exactly the same way. Um, and it, it just the, the word that sprung to mind was naivety. They were just very naive. They got in a great position away at Dortmund, just sit in, get your three 0 win or three one win. But they just kept attacking and attacking, and then. Ended up drawing three three. That that is basically Paderborn in a nutshell in the first half of the season. They just basically went hell for leather at all times, um, and we know that the Bundesliga is a predominantly attacking league rather than defending. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, if you're going toe to toe with teams in the Bundesliga in terms of attacking, and you're one of the worst attacking teams in terms of quality, in terms of process, then you're going to lose quite a lot of matches. And I think that they probably looked sat back and, and, and looked at what had happened and thought, you know, if we are to have any chance of staying up, we need to tighten up defensively and, and try and play um, a bit more smart, a bit more sensible. And, and you know, it's worked to some extent. They've picked up four points from 
from five games. It's not a lot, but you know, there's, there's some tricky games in there. Obviously, they had to play Dortmund. Um, they've played Leipzig. They played a Hoffenheim team who were, like we've spoken about already, were in decent enough form. Um, and you know, they went away to two teams who were in and around the relegation zone at one point uh, and, and picked up draws. So, yeah, what they've done's worked to some extent, but um, draws, like we said, aren't really enough in their position. But having said that, they were always too far adrift to um, to really have any chance of surviving. Right, well, we'll move on to Wolfsburg versus Freiburg. And the, the table has this one pretty close, Wolfsburg in sixth and Freiburg in eighth. But there there is actually a, a fair bit of disparity between the two, according to the underlying performance of both teams. Wolfsburg are, fifth, are the fifth best team in the league based on expected goals, while Freiburg dropped to 13th based on their XG. The loss to Eintracht Frankfurt a couple of games ago ended any slim chance of a Champions League spot for Wolfsburg, but they will want to hold on to that Europa League spot that they currently have, and, and they'll view this as a, a decent season if they manage to do that, I think. Freiburg are one of the potential threats to that Europa League spot. So if they do manage to get a win here, it could really open up the table with with what is three games to go. Face a bit of a challenge, though, as I've already said, Wolfsburg clearly the better team. And, and that's reflected in the odds over 54 percent chance of the win for the home side at odds of, of 1.757 with the away team given just 21 percent chance of victory at 4.72. So do you think the odds here are a fair reflection of how these two teams match up? Um. Yeah, we actually have Wolfsburg even shorter than that. I say even shorter. We've got them extremely shorter compared to what's on, on the market. We make them a 71% chance of a home win compared to the 55%, um, which is staggering. And it may come as a surprise to some people if, if you just look at the raw, um, you know, the raw recent results, the fact that Wolfsburg have lost both of their home matches and overall this season their home form hasn't been very good. 15 games. Uh, four home wins, six draws, five defeats, 17 goals scored, 17 conceded. So in terms of just looking at the raw home table, you would probably think that that 71% looks a little bit over the top. But um, as we mentioned, the actual <coughs> underlying performances of Wolfsburg have been very impressive. And even at home, they're averaging 1.4 expected goals, four per game, 1.1 against. Um, so they've been very, very unfortunate to come away with a... Um, only four home wins this season. They were very impressive away at Werder Bremen last week. Did everything that they needed to. Limited Werder extremely well. Created two or three really good chances uh, and ultimately got a fair win. There was a lot of money for them before the off in that game. I think they were about 2.2 and they went off at odds on. So um, the market is, you know, they're aware of how good Wolfsburg are. Um, again, I think they saw... To the full capacity of what they're about, uh, what they're capable of when they went to Bayer Leverkusen a couple of weeks ago and, and, and hammered them 4-1. Um, so there's a lot to like about Wolfsburg and one of the main things for me anyway is um, being used to watching the Premier League, for example, and how the Bundesliga is so, so much more of an attacking league than the Premier League. It's nice to see that Wolfsburg, who are one of the better defensive teams in the league, actually you know reaping the benefits of that. Um, in terms of expected goals conceded, they're the fourth best defensive team in the league, allowing 37.3 expected goals against. Um, and, you know, they are really one of the very few teams who are outside of Dortmund, Bayern and Leipzig, who are one of the, you know, a really strong defensive unit that are hard to break down. And uh, we've seen exactly that since the restart. Um, and in fact, since we've come back, the Wolfsburg have, have ranked as the fourth best team according to expected goals with a process of 1.9 um, and 1.2 expected goals against. So, um 
yeah, they since the restart they've performed like one of the best teams in the Bundesliga, um, and their attacking process has actually improved um, in in the five games since we we got back underway. As for Freiburg, they are a really curious case. All season long, they've overperformed by a huge margin um, according to expected goals. Uh, I think it was just 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 before the restart. I was writing the um, a recap and an outright bet um, article for for Infogol and. <clears throat> looking at Freiburg and the position that they're in, just a point behind sixth place, but they were 15th in our expected goals table. So hugely flattering to be where they are. The main reason that they are um, so high in the table, which they're currently eighth and just four points behind Wolfsburg, is due to a massive overperformance um, in defence. So they've conceded 20 goals fewer than would be expected according to expected goals. So their goal basically has lived a very charmed life this season. Um, and if they continue performing at the same at the same rate and conceding chances at the same rate, then regression will hit and they will start conceding plenty of goals. And um, we saw it to some extent last weekend against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think it was in the first half, they Freiburg themselves created next to nothing, but uh, Gladbach created I think it was two or three big chances, um, equating to over two expected goals. Um, and, you know, fair play to Freiburg. They were much better in the second half, created much the better chances in the second half. But the game should have been out of sight at half-time. And, and that, that sort of thing has been happening a lot to, to Freiburg. And another prime example since the restart has been uh, was against Eintracht Frankfurt, where they conceded 4.4 expected goals um, and created just 0.8, but managed to get a 3-3 draw. Um, so this is something that happens a lot. And, you know... It, Expected goals works on the premise that regression will come at some point, and I think it will it will come for Freiburg. Maybe not this season, but uh, but probably next. Um, and since the restart, they've ranked as the second worst team in the Bundesliga according to expected points. They've allowed one point nine expected goals against per game um, and created just zero point nine. So they really have been poor. The process has been poor since the restart. Uh, and if we just isolate their away form and their away performances. Um, they've allowed 2.3 expected goals against per away game this season, which is a, quite a staggering number. Um, and, you know, that basically is all the reasons why we think that Wolfsburg should be a lot shorter. Uh, Wolfsburg, very impressive, rightly where they are, um, very on, on the cusp of the, the top five, really. Um, whereas Freiburg are a bottom half to relegation threatened team, according to their underlying process. So, um, back Wolfsburg to win. The price may look a little bit shorter, around 1.7, 1.72, but that is a good value bet. <clears throat> and we also think there's going to be goals in this one. Over two and a half is at 65% on our model, 56% on the market. Um, and the both teams to score, interestingly, or perhaps not, given what I've just said about Wolfsburg's strong defence and Freiburg's poor attacking numbers, backing against both teams to score um, is actually the value play in that market. So we go 46% of both teams to score, no 42% on the market. So around 2.2, 2.25 uh, backing against both teams to score um, is also a value bet. But the main one really is, is get on side with Wolfsburg to get a three points against Freiburg. Right, well, now we'll move on to Bayern Munich versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. And Bayern Munich just a couple of wins away from clinching the title. And, and of their four remaining fixtures, this is, I mean, it's probably the hardest one. They have also got to travel to Wolfsburg, who we've just talked about on how good they are. But with matches against Werder Bremen and Freiburg in between, it will be it'll be an almighty shock if they don't pick up the points required to, to win the title. They've been by far and away the best team in the league. It shows in the actual table as well as the expected goals table. 
an average of 2.9 xG4 per game is is pretty impressive, and it's it's been backed up as especially since the return to action, scoring four or more in three of their five games since the break. Borussia Mönchengladbach, they're, they're no pushovers though, I guess. They they fully deserve their position of fourth in the table. They're one of the best attacking teams in the league with 2.1 xG4 per game. However, they're, they're not really the strongest at the back when compared to the other elite teams in the league. So there's plenty potential here for, for another high score in Bayern Munich game. The total is set at 3.5 and it's, it's split right down the middle at 1.952 on either side. As for the 1x2, Bayern are short favourites as, you, as you'd expect at 1.35, close to 70% chance of the win. Borussia Mönchengladbach are available at 8.36, which gives them a 12% chance. So it's it's probably difficult to make a case for anything but a Bayern Munich win. But do you think they should be that short against a team as good as Mönchengladbach? Uh, we do, yeah. Yeah, we've got them pretty much identical to the to the market. 71% chance of a home win. They've just they're just in a different league um to every other Bundesliga team really and, and we've seen that enforced since the break. Um one of the standout teams in the Bundesliga is Bayer Leverkusen and, and Bayern Munich just had their way with them last week. Um it looked nervy at one point when they went one nil down but then they just stormed back um winning the game comfortably uh, creating two point five expected goals for yeah, there's nothing really else to say about Bayern. They are they're going to win the title. Um, they're looking for a domestic double. They've got the the cup game midweek against Frankfurt, uh, but unlike Frankfurt, Bayern Munich have the exceptional squad to be able to rotate if needs be and and not really weaken the first eleven. So um, that shouldn't be too much of an issue heading into this match. <clears throat> it's really a bigger game for for Gladbach than it is for Bayern Munich this one, just because of the predicament that they find themselves in. They're just above Bayer Leverkusen on goal difference, um, our glad back in terms of getting in the Champions League places. A defeat here would be, um, you know, be a massive blow to that. Uh, their hopes of, of actually sneaking into the into the Champions League, um, but it's probably going to be a defeat for them. Um, like you've said already, Bayern Munich's process is, is off the charts really, um, and if we just isolate their home process, it, it gets even better. They're averaging three expected goals per game at home, um, allowing just one. Um, and like Gladbach, their away form has been their Achilles heel really all season long. And um, you know, as we saw against Freiburg last week, they were exceptional in that first half. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. All they had to do was just take one of their chances, and um, you know, I was still quite confident that they would get the win at half time. But um, they came out and it was almost like a different team in the in the second half. Obviously, they weren't helped by the um, the sending off for Alisson Player, which, who obviously is a massive miss for them in this game. Um, but it was a pretty tame performance in the second half. Um, but yeah, the main the main takeaway from that Freiburg game is that their leading marksman and their one of their best players, Alisson Player, is going to be missing for this game. So that's huge. Um, away from home this season, Gladbach have the results haven't really been what the or reflected the performances very well. So in terms of underlying process, they've actually performed better than what the results suggest. They've created 1.8 expected goals for per game on the road, 1.3 against. So they're not a bad travelling team, but um, you know they're travelling to the best team in the country uh, this weekend, needing to get a win as well. Um, but one thing they have got going for them is is that in the reverse fixture they did get a two-one win. I think this was I think Hansi Flick was in charge for this one as well, um, in one of his earlier games in charge. But it was a real smashing grab from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. They created next to nothing 
over the whole 90 minutes. Um, managed to get an equaliser uh, before a 90-second minute penalty, which inflated the XG total to 1.37. Um, it should have been closer to 1.67 um, to 1.59. So again, Bayern Munich just asserting their dominance on pretty much everyone and we expect them to do the same here. Uh, from a betting perspective, we're looking at in the goals market, obviously, and um, yeah, the, over 3.5 is, is, is where we're looking for the main value and it's probably not a surprise now, having watched Bayern Munich for the last couple of weeks, um, that over 3.5 goals is actually, you know, odds on at around 1.85. The market, uh, sorry, the model suggests that this should be around 62%, so it should be even shorter than what's on offer. Um, so get on side with the over 3.5. What we've seen from them at home uh, and since the restart has, has been, you know, over 3.5 landed comfortably in both of those games, 5-2 and 5-0. Um, um, over 3.5 landed comfortably last weekend against Leverkusen, um, a, a team that are very similar to Borussia Mönchengladbach that like to play on the counter-attack, um, but are also defensively vulnerable. So I think the over 3.5 there at around 1.85 is a really solid bet. If you wanted to push it up even more and look at over 4.5, which I wouldn't put anyone off, um, yeah, there's also value in, in that market. We're at 43% chance um, of over 4.5. The market's at 31%. And around three, uh, 3.0 on uh, on the market. I think that's a decent bet as well. Um, but over 3.5 is a safer play in what should be a really high score in home win. Yeah, and I guess this one, it's, I know you said players missing the game, but Mönchengladbach, their attacking prowess kind of, kind of makes that, that totals market even more interesting. Do you ever do you ever think to, maybe it's just buying specifically, but obviously you've got the option of individual team totals as well. Does that ever appeal? Is that something that the, the info goal model can look at as well? Yeah, it's something that we, we, we look at and we can calculate. Um, yeah, it's, it's, this, this game in particular will be quite difficult just purely because, like you said, we have a gladback team that create plenty of good chances regularly, um, but we also have one of the best defences in the league that they're coming up against at home. So, um, in terms of goal expectancy for this one, from a Borussia Mönchengladbach perspective, um, we're looking at around 1.29. So, you, you probably, I mean, I've, I've not got the prices in front of me, but by, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach to score one or more could be an interesting play um, if you're looking at, uh, at that for an angle. Um, but for me, just just match goals, I think, in this one is, is the way to go because it could easily be a, a similar scoreline and result to, to what happened last week, the 4-2. You know, or it could even be a blowout like against Fortuna Dusseldorf five 0 So, um, yeah, over three point five is the main play. But yeah, if you want to, I think Gladback will get on the score sheet. So maybe playing in the Gladback uh, team goal market is it could be, um, yeah, you could win some money in that one. Mainz versus Augsburg is our, our next game, and we just talked a little bit about the the title race being over, but the Champions League and the Europa League is still obviously wide open, as is the the relegation battle and we've we've got two teams here that are right in the thick of it. Mainz are 15th on 31 points, three points clear of the relegation playoff spot. Augsburg are just two places and one point better off in 13th and on 32 points. A win here for either side will really give them a big push for safety, but a loss and, and any kind of result for Fortuna Dusseldorf could really put them in big trouble. In truth, I guess none of them really deserve to be that low down in the table based on their underlying performance, but that doesn't really change much. And especially when there's there's four games to go, you can't be thinking about that. The market is pretty evenly split on this one. Mainz are at home and, and just have the edge according to the odds. 
They're 2.34, which is a 40% chance of the win. Augsburg are 3.09 or 32% likelihood of victory. And the draw is 3.54 or, or at 28%. A few of them down the bottom of the table have been unlucky. Augsburg are, are probably the unluckiest of them all. And it, it could be argued that it might seem that their price is a little bit off here. But do, do you think we're going to see a, a classic cagey affair where neither team really goes for it too much in, in fear of losing what is a, a really important game? Um, I, th- I think we'll see the opposite, really. I think both of these sides are built for um, attacking play. Mainz more in terms of just general attacking and Augsburg for counter-attacking. So I think we'll see um, an entertaining game here. I don't think we'll see a, a tight, cagey relegation game. Um, but I think it helps the fact that, um, that obviously Fortuna play before them. So they know what you know. They they know that result. Uh, before they take to the field. If Fortuna lose, for example, then it, all of a sudden a draw looks a decent result for the pair of them. Um, but in terms of looking at this game on its own, I, I think Mainz are an interesting, uh, really interesting team and, and are interesting play in this uh, in this game, especially in the 1x2. Um, like I said, they were like pretty emphatic winners against Frankfurt last week. Really impressive, creating 3.3 expected goals for. Uh, prior to that, they hadn't won, but they had picked up two points uh, on the road at FC Coleman and Union Berlin. Um, but the, both home games they'd actually lost, which is, is quite interesting. And obviously one was to RB Leipzig. They were absolutely terrible in that game, uh, Mainz. Uh, but against Hoffenheim, it was a, quite a close game for the most part. And uh, basically just one big chance decided it. So they, they have shown steady improvement as as, as we've got back into, into things since the restart. Um, and they they are they've shown that they're very capable of creating chances, um, you know, given the fact that <clears throat> so they're creating plenty of uh, of opportunities since the restart. One eight point one five expected goals for um, is what they've created in five matches. They've only scored five goals from that, so there's been some wasteful finishing um, from Mainz, and probably the reason why they haven't picked up more points is is due to that. Averaging one point six three expected goals for per game, so that's a pretty decent total in 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 the Bundesliga. Um, and since the restart, that has them around mid table. So um, they, they, there's plenty to like about Mainz, but there's also plenty to dislike, mainly their defence. So, like I said, they've allowed they allowed four point seven expected goals against um, RB Leipzig, which is you know it's pretty embarrassing, really, especially at home. Um, and two point seven against FC Köln. 1.47 against Hoffenheim. So they aren't a very strong team when it comes to um, a defensive process. And in fact, they've conceded the second most XG since the restart. So they've allowed 10.7 expected goals against um, an average of 2.14. So they really are a, a tough team to, or an easy team rather, to, to break down. They do create good chances, though, like I've said. And, and Augsburg, while they are a counter-attacking outfit, they aren't really a team that create good chances on a regular basis by dominating their opponents. So what we usually see from Augsburg is um, short spells of, of pressure. Um, they like a set-piece goal. Um, and, you know, we, we saw bits of, of what they are capable of against FC Colin. Obviously, the, um, at the weekend, a missed penalty uh, inflates their XG slightly. Um, I mean, the, the penalty came out of nothing as well. It was a, just a really poor goalkeeping error. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, they were unfortunate not to come away with the three points in that game. That was definitely their best performance since the restart. Um, according to the 
expected goal model. Um, but yeah, but the, like I've said, they're, they're counter-attacking, they are capable. So Mainz will play on the front foot. Augsburg will have the opportunity to, to counter-attack and, and score a couple of crucial goals. But they themselves are extremely vulnerable defensively, especially on the road. So they, they've allowed 2.1 expected goals against per game away from home this season, which is one of the highest in the Bundesliga. So all this really, it, it leads towards um, the goal market and the fact that we think there's going to be plenty of goals here. Um, I'm really surprised to see the, the um, over 2.5 only around 1.8. I thought it would be a lot shorter than that. The Infocom model thinks it should be a lot shorter than that. We go 68% chance of over 2.5 goals. So um, basically the 1.8 that you get in is huge value. Um, and I think... I think we could be in for a bit of a treat, really, at, at 2.30. I think there's going to be plenty of chances at both ends and goals. Both teams to score, again, is is a value play. 67% on the market, 58%, uh, sorry, 67% on the model, 58% on the market. Um, so at short price, that is also a value play. And 1x2 market, I'm not too confident or as confident in, in this one as I am the overs and the both teams to score, but the model's got mines at a 50% chance, so even money. Markets at 41%, around 2.25 to 2.3. So we think there's good value in back in Mainz. Um, but personally, my favourite bets in this game are, are the overs and the both teams to score. Well, we'll get on to our, our last game, Schalke versus Bayer Leverkusen. And I think you've already mentioned it a couple of times in this podcast. Schalke have been one of the most disappointing teams since the season restarted. They've lost four and drawn one of their five games back. And they just they just haven't been playing well. The 0.15 xG in their 1-1 draw against Union Berlin, probably their worst performance to date, but they haven't actually managed over one expected goal in any of the five games. Um, by Leverkusen, they've they've had a few good results, 4-1 wins against Werder Bremen and Borussia Mönchengladbach, but they've also lost 4-1 to Wolfsburg and, and as you mentioned earlier, 4-2 to Bayern Munich. Um, there was a 1-0 win against Freiburgs sandwiched in there as well. They're part of a, a three-way battle for what is two remaining Champions League spots, so they, they really can't afford any slip-ups from now until the end of the season. Judging by what we've seen from Schalke, you, you'd be very surprised if we saw one here. By Leverkusen, R1.571, which puts them at just over 60% chance of getting all three points. Schalke, despite being at home, a 5.76 and just 18% chance for the win, and you can get 4.46 or 22% for the draw. Do you think this one's priced up fairly or, or should Leverkusen be even shorter? Um, no, we actually think they, they, they're too short. Um, I know we've said that Schalke are extremely poor and have been since the restart. Um, I think they're now 12 without a win in total in the Bundesliga. Um, but by Leverkusen themselves have been um, very fortunate this season, uh, according to expected goals. And, and you know, we, we, we do think they are a little bit short at 61%. So we make them around even money favourites rather than the uh, 1.67 that, that you quoted, um, which may come as a bit of a surprise, uh, especially given the fact that if you look at the away Bundesliga table, you'll see Bayer Leverkusen right up there with 10 wins from 15 away games. Um, but as I'll get into in a minute, those numbers can be a little bit deceiving, especially when it comes to um, underlying performances. But I want to start on Schalke because we've, we've spoken a little bit about them already. And just how poor they've been since the restart, and you know that that what that point at Union Berlin um, could be a, it could be a turning point. That's the first point um, since the restart, so uh, they stopped the rot, if you like. Um, and you know, in between all of those games, yeah, it's quite funny, really, because prior to the, as as the game as the season was about to restart, I would imagine that 
Schalke and, and David Wagner were looking at the fixture list and thinking that they could make a real run to to finish sixth. They've got Augsburg at home, Fortuna Dusseldorf, who were obviously in the bottom three away from home, Werder Bremen at home, who were obviously in the bottom two, um, and then Union Berlin away, who were also fighting relegation. So they would have looked at those fixtures and thought we could pick up some serious points here and mount a challenge for a Europa League spot. But, you know, prior to the restart, they're 16th in our expected goals table, but sat sixth in the table. So, you know, we aren't surprised at all to see this downturning form. They've been performing like this for, um, you know, for a long, long stretch um, of time. In fact, probably since since the uh, the winter break, they've been playing this poorly. Um, but it's got even worse since the restart. And, um, you know, they've, they've created just three expected goals in five matches. So a 0.6 average. Um, but... You know they they just look clueless, and um, one of the funny things that um, that keeps happening for or with Schalke is it, it's, it shows the desperation of David Wagner really. It happened against both Dusseldorf and Werder Bremen, where I think it was about ten minutes to play. They were losing by one goal, creating next to nothing. Um, so what does he do? He decides to throw a centre half up up front. Um, just you know, it's the sort of thing that you would expect to see with like in like added time, but. He's doing it within 10 or 15 minutes left to play. It seems like he's just run out of ideas. Um, and, you know, when I watch them, they remind me so much of Huddersfield um, when they were in the Premier League. There's just a lot of passing for passing's sake. Um, they don't do anything with the ball. Um, there was some shining lights against Union Berlin. I, I thought Matondo in the first half was was really, really impressive. He was very direct, just um, dribbling past players for fun, but his, his end product was lacking. But other than that, they really are struggling to to get any sort of creation. Like I said, they've become very tame and timid, um, and exactly what we've seen or what we saw from Huddersfield um, while Wagner was in charge there. Um, the only positive thing going for them really is, is that because they dominate the football and they, like I said, pass for passes' sake, um, they don't actually concede too many chances. Um, they've allowed just one point four expected goals against per game since the restart which has them around mid-table. So defensively, they're not allowing too many chances, but this Bayer Leverkusen team don't need too many chances. They're a very cl- clinical um, clinical unit. But you know, I think Schalke, if they're going to get anything from this game, they're going to have to play defence first, uh, which is probably going to suit them, given the fact that they can't attack. Um, Leverkusen, they've had a couple of body blows recently. Um Really interesting to see that they're in their five matches since the restart. They've won all three away matches um, and lost both home matches, conceding four goals in both of those home games. So, um, I mean, granted that they have played Wolfsburg and Bayern Munich, who are two of the uh, best top six in the league, but it seems as though they're suited to playing on the road. And like I said, in terms of points uh, accrued, 31 points from their 15 away games, um, it, it, that sort of tells the tale, really. But a closer look at the actual numbers and uh, sorry, the expected numbers uh, shows you that they've actually got a negative process when playing away from home. So they actually create 1.55 expected goals for and 1.78 expected goals against per game. So a negative process on the road, which is quite surprising, shows that they are very vulnerable. So perhaps this could be the opportunity for Schalke to get or to create a couple of decent chances and get that XG average um, above 0.6. Um, I'm not quite sure what happened with Kai Havertz last week, but obviously he was uh, completely missing for the game against Bayern Munich. He wasn't even on the bench. So 
I'm not sure if that if that's an injury if he'll be out for this game, but if so, that's quite a big blow for for Leverkusen. He's the their main man really. He makes them tick. He gets in the scoring positions and he converts the chances. So if he's missing, that's another big boost for Schalke. Um, but again, even though that it's an extremely short price at, at 1.67, and the Infocom model thinks it, it, it is way too short. Um, I, the, the Leverkusen to win um, for me, I, I'd probably give it a swerve just because. Like I've said, that defensively they are quite vulnerable um, on the road, uh, and Schalke especially. That their main strength is, has been the fact they don't concede too many chances recently. So um, yeah, I'd probably leave the one x two market alone in this one. And instead, I'm looking at the the both teams to score market. Um, now, given the fact that I've just said that Schalke are the worst team in the league, coming to expected goals since the restart, uh, maybe a surprise to see the both teams to score being flagged up as a, as a value bet. 57% on the model, 53% on the market. Um, that is, like I said, purely because Bayer Leverkusen do concede plenty of good chances when travelling. So um, the likelihood is that, you know, even if Leverkusen do go on to win the game, that Schalke will get uh, get on the score sheet. So that's the main play really from this one. And all the other markets, over 2.5, over 3.5, they all seem to be um, priced up pretty correctly. So both teams score is the main bet, but Maybe if you, if you can get Schalke on like a maybe a plus one one and a half Asian handicap bet at around one point eight, that would be a value play as well. Um, but I don't have those um, to hand in front of me. Um, but yeah, the main play from this one is both teams to score, and I personally would steer clear of the one x two market. Yeah, interesting to see you kind of warning against by Leverkusen. And and a word on Havertz, I think he's he's going to get rested for their their cup game tonight obviously you said we're we're recording on a tuesday i'll be rested for that but should actually be back for the weekend so anyone who thinks or is wondering how important that might be to to leverkusen's performance he he should be back for the weekend well that is our our nine games done and and game week 31 of the bundesliga season will be underway soon great to have you on jake as always and i'm sure our listeners are, are thankful for the insight that you've shared no thanks for having me ben and if you want more information on InfoGoal, then you can visit infogold.net, follow at InfoGoal app on Twitter and download the app on Apple and Android. You can also follow the action and bet live on Pinnacle's Live Scores app where you can set odds alerts and make sure that you bet at the best possible odds. It's also available on Apple and Android and more information on both can be found in the description of this podcast. All the odds for the upcoming matches are on pinnacle.com. Best of luck with your bets and remember to always gamble responsibly.